0: Well, like I said, Mark chapter one verse forty is where we're going to be at. Uh, I wrestled with this uh, this week. Uh, we've had a busy week. Uh, our kids are off from school, and they were just uh, at home all week, and they were getting stir crazy in the house. Can I get an amen for? those of you, yeah, just stir crazy kids in the house. Um, We had a hard week. We had a quinceanera last service that I preached at. That was weird. And then we also had, um, it was fun, though. It was awesome. We had a great time. Uh, We had a hard service last week. We were uh, like just hard. It's like everything was going wrong. Um, I almost caught on fire. I had a nine-volt battery in my pocket when I was preaching, and I had an Allen wrench in there, and it connected the positive and negative, and literally my pocket was uh, was like burning up. It was hilarious. You want to talk about a wild Pentecostal type service, that would have outdone anything. Um, and then uh, just, you know, just being stir crazy, then last, last night we had the wedding, so this whole week we've been planning for the wedding, and Sarah was like doing crazy arts and crafts, she's got projects going on from school as well, and so last night we had the wedding of David and Heather, I'll give a round of applause for David and Heather, <laughs> praise God they got married, I was able to marry them yesterday, it was a beautiful wedding and awesome reception, the brisket was fantastic. And so it was just an amazing, amazing time. But I got home last night around ten thirty, eleven o'clock, and I literally sat in bed. and I said, oh, man, I have not written a sermon for tomorrow. And I said, okay, it's okay, it's cool, it's cool. I'll just play a video or something. And then Sarah's like, no, I really think you need to preach. And I'm like, oh, thank you, woman. Like, why would you even say that, you know? And so I opened the scripture, and I was like, I know, I read the scripture, I know this, I've preached this before. So I was like, no, I'm going to write a sermon about it, you know, what? and I said, forget it, sleep is for the week. And around 2.30, I went ahead, yeah, sleep is for the week, if you're sleeping, it's because you're weak. Uh, and so um, around 2.30 in the morning, I was up writing this sermon. So uh, without any more ado, I want to go ahead and get started. I do want to give you a warning that I'm a bit feisty this morning. Um, just a little bit. Just I'm still on the high from the wedding yesterday. I mean, we Christians can party. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, we were getting down. I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. You know, we had a great time. But I'm still kind of on the high. So if you if you would please excuse me, I might you know go there and say things that are going to disgust you. Another thing is we are going to be uh, kind of disgusting. Uh, talk today ab- about the subject of what we're talking about. So if you, your stomachs a little screamish, um, there's a cup or a trash can back there. Just feel free to barf in there. It, that would be like a Pentecostal service too, and you know, we'll be having a good time. All right, guys, you all ready? All right, Mark chapter like, shut up, Felix, just start preaching. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Here we go, let's read this all together. And the leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling to him, he said, If you will, can you make me clean? He's talking to Jesus. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. He was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone. But go, show yourself to the priest and offer for yourself a cleansing to what Moses commanded for proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely. This is verse 45. He went out and began to talk freely about it. And he spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. He was out inside the desolate places and people were coming to him from from every quarter. The reader, we as a reader are hit with a couple things right off the bat. And the first thing we're hit with is this leper, this character of the leper. And before we even go into the message, before we even go further in, we need to talk about the leper. We need to understand leprosy. And if you're in church, if you've been in church any part of your life, you might have a tendency to be like, oh yeah, that's the leper. I know the leper. Jesus heals a lot of lepers, you know. You get used to that idea of what a leper is, and it's just some dude who's sick, and Jesus goes and heals him, and we move on. If you're not in church, you're going to read this story, and you're going to see it as someone just meeting a physical need. The leper was sick. Here comes Jesus. Bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. But you're healed, and you're done. I want to try really hard not to do any of those today, because I feel like so often in the Bible, we just read through and we read it and we take it as, at face value, and we don't really dig deep to what it really means. So I think the only way we can fully understand the weight and the depth of what really happened in this moment right here, is if we talk about leprosy. So a leper is basically a really sick guy. A leper is actually someone who has a complete condition, what I like to call complete condition. It's complete because it affects your life completely. Everything about it is complete. Okay, so first they had an obvious obvious, uh, physical effect. To be a leper meant that you're physically ill. And you can see with the photo right here, I mean, physically ill. Uh, The disease was one of those types of diseases that would start inside your body and work its way out. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't nice, it wasn't an easy-going disease. You couldn't go to chemo for this, you couldn't go and get type of, you know, type of help for this. You're pretty much screwed from the start, from the inside out. And this disease was, was, was born inside you, and it would start to eat away like a cancer going out of the body. If you've ever messed with hydrofluoric acid, it's, it's this acid that if it touches your skin, it automatically goes towards the calcium of your bones. And it doesn't stop until it finds calcium. And this disease is the same way. It doesn't stop until you're fully engulfed and you're just fully dead. This disease is rotting your body from the inside out. It is literally deteriorating in front of your face. There was extreme nerve damage to your body, so you couldn't feel anything. So your legs would go numb, and so you knew you were walking, but you couldn't feel the dirt. Before you knew it, you were walking on needles and and thorns and stuff. Your hands were were so numb and, and calloused up, and they were so rotten out that you couldn't feel. You had no nerve system anymore. Your nervous system would go. You couldn't feel when you would use the restroom. So you literally would be walking and feces would be just spewing out of you. It was that jacked up. This disease was known to just cause members of your body, uh, digits, your toes, your fingers, ears, to just fall off. There's stories till today of lepers till today in third world countries walking around, literally walking, stopping, picking up their fingers as they walked because they kept falling off. In, in the villages where the lepers would stay, literally, there was a pile of just body parts. I kid you not. There was severe pain and anguish along with that. There, there was, uh, even to the point where eyes would fall out, you're thinking, man, whatever, dude. i seen walking dead. You're talking about zombies. No, I'm not talking about zombies. This is real. You don't believe me? Look it up. Google it. Because everything on Google is true, right? And so, look it up. Eyes would fall out. Eyes literally would fall out of their sockets. Their sockets would get so deteriorated that they would open up and the eyeball would literally just fall out. True stuff. And the leopard wouldn't even know it. He was so in pain as well. Uh, yesterday, I decided to go uh, t- try to do some workout with John Carlo. That was dumb for me. Uh, because he's, like, awesome, and I'm not. And so uh, we, I'm doing good, right? We're doing, we're doing the warm-ups. We're doing the stretches, the elbow and everything, right? I'm good to go. And then we start doing the warm-ups, so which is, like, 20 push-ups, and then go run 400 meters. I'm like, I got this, right? Bam. Do 20 push-ups real fast, a couple reps, right? I get up, and drunk, goes, okay, go 400 meters. So I start running. I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> oh. And then I was like, man, what is up in my back? And so I ran a couple more steps. I was like, oh and like literally every step felt like someone was taking a, a butcher knife and stabbing me in the back. It was painful. you know what hurt even more? It was just the little ten-year-old girl who was working out with us she goes with her mom. She like runs by, she's like, see ya, you know, like I'm like, you little oh. oh. Like it hurt bad. I dropped out. I hate quitting because quitting's forever. Pain's temporary quitting's forever is what John Carlo tells me. And I quit. And I felt so bad. I was like walking around like, I'm a loser. I'm a loser. you know, like my back was in so much freaking pain. It hurt. But can you imagine as a leper, that's going to go away. As a leper, though, being constantly in pain, this eternal, external pain. You're like, I thought they didn't have any nervous system. Well, they did at some point. Pain. Pain. Uh, The other thing that would deteriorate physically from the leper was their brain. Their brain would start to go. Literally, if all your muscles are being eaten, your brain is, is, is a muscle. It was being eaten away. All your organs are being eaten away. So their ability to think clearly was gone. So the lepers were literally walking around in a state of, you know, insanity at some point. Can you imagine just, you ever seen someone walking around, they're talking to themselves? They're jittery. They, they're, all, they're all hyper and they can't stop talking and they're just going crazy. That was a leper. Just messed up. Couldn't think clearly. It was a very, very crazy thing to see. a man walking or a woman walking with body parts, just spewing out. It was nasty, it was just gruesome. I mean, there was no other word to describe it. Was, it was just gruesome. Leprosy was that, and more, because it was a complete condition. Leprosy was complete, so first, it was physical, secondly, it's emotional. The leper was so messed up and deteriorated, literally the sores on his body would pop open and pus would come out and a foul stench would come out from those pus-filled holes. So they stunk. They had feces on them and urine on them all the time. They were nasty. And they would walk around dirty, covered in this dirtiness. And it smelled. Try making a first impression that way. Some of y'all smell just, you know, like, no, this guy like literally had, you know, solid reason to smell because he had like waste on him and pus and nastiness on him. That's emotionally messed up. And the leper on top of that would have to do this. Every time he would come around a village or he would come around an area, he would have to scream out the words, unclean, unclean. So the first words out of your mouth is, hey, man, what's up? It's no, it's like unclean, unclean. I'm a leper as if you didn't know. Unclean, unclean. What a confidence booster that was, right? The book of Leviticus back in the Old Testament has tons of verses about leprosy, about nine chapters still on leprosy. It's got tons of verses on that. And there's laws about handle, how, to, how to handle a leper and how to handle a leper who's trying to get cleansed. And the laws of how to re-cleanse a leper and how to certify them as being cleaned and, and how to handle them before they're cleaned. And that's one of the laws is that when a leper goes around town, they have to scream out, unclean, unclean, look at me, I'm, a, I'm messed up. The other laws uh, talk about how they have to be segregated from the community. So lepers literally had camps outside. The Leviticus says that the lepers shall not dwell within the camp. So lepers would stay outside of the village, outside the city walls, in the woods, around the city. Can you imagine a leper being that isolated from, from community? And we do that today as each other. We will isolate ourselves from biblical community. We'll isolate. We'll say, no, no, I want to just be alone. I want to just, and I don't care if you're an introvert. Being alone is not the best thing to do all the time. It's good for a season, not all the time. Because what happens when you're alone? You start to think, and you think a lot, and you start to overthink, all right? So when you're alone, a simple gesture or something can be thought of and thought of, or rethought of and changed into something else, i.e. example. I go, and I go work out with Giancarlo. Right We're working out. My back hurts. I quit. I'm walking home. I'm thinking, I hope he doesn't think I quit. I hope he doesn't think I was faking it. That's I wasn't, by the way, bro. <laughs> uh, but let's just take that. I go alone. I'm alone by myself. I'm thinking John Carlo hates me because I quit. He thinks I'm faking it. He thinks I'm a liar. I will never work out again. I'm never ever going to go work out again. Why should I work out? Because he thinks I'm quitting. And if he thinks I quit, then I must be quitting. And you start thinking like, oh my God, I'm a quitter. I'll never be good at anything. I'm not, why should I even apply for a job? Why should I even do anything in life? I'm just going to sit here and eat donuts all day long. Why bother working out? Because I'm going to quit anyway. And then, is that extreme? Maybe. For women, no. You know, but like, Maybe. For guys, and we're like, whatever, bro, I don't care, I'm quitting, you know? But we do that, like, the girl's like, oh my God, she looked at me the wrong way, oh my God, was she thinking that I'm ugly? Is she thinking that I'm fat? Is she thinking that, is, is my, is, you know, is my shirt okay? Are my, are my shoes okay? Oh my God, I know her, oh my God, she's gonna, oh my, she's a, mm-mm, you know? That is how y'all think. And that's how you think when you have enough time on your hands, you start thinking about that. When you're alone, you start thinking and rethinking, like, oh, my God, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck. And your mind's like, yeah, you do. But if you're in community, your community around you would be like, no, you're, you're okay, bro. You're all right. Giancarlo was like, I texted him later. I was like, bro, I suck. I'm sorry. I, eh. He's like, dude, heal up and come back next week. It's okay. Community. The lepers didn't have that. They were segregated. They would look down and say, get out of here. They were ridiculed by society. The other thing that they couldn't do was they couldn't be around, you know, the city. They couldn't even go into town, so they couldn't get food from the city. They couldn't get handouts. They they couldn't go do anything. They were segregated. Pretty much when you had leprosy, you were ridden off as dead. Dead man walking. They would say stuff like that when lepers would come around. The third aspect, the first was physical, second is emotional, the third aspect was spiritual. Had a spiritual effect on them. I mentioned in the laws of Leviticus and leprosy there were so many things now. Well one of the laws was that they cannot enter the temple. They couldn't go into church. Got that? Okay. They were having problems going into the church. They were having problems uh, uh, being able to be around God. They couldn't pray. They couldn't be around any of the religious leaders at the time. They couldn't do any of that. Why couldn't they do any of that? Because at the time, the people looked at a leper as a totally dirty and unclean thing. And as they were unclean and, and dirty and nasty, the priests of the church would look at them and say, because God, the Holy of Holies, is so pure and so perfect and so clean, He will have nothing to do with you. You cannot coexist with God. And that was, that, that was their life. They couldn't even go to church. They couldn't even experience the love, sort of, <laughs> of a religious community. I mean... And they would even look at, at the leper and say, that is sin. You are a leper as a result of sin. Your sin is, is why you are a leper. Look at Job. We all like to read the first two chapters of Job and the last one, but there was like 39 other chapters in there that we can look at. And Job would actually, uh, there's a point where Job's friend comes up to Job, and he's like, yo, bro, like, check it out. Look at you. You're full of sores, dude. You're all messed up. You got leprosy. Job suffered from leprosy. You got all this disease on you, Job. You need to just repent of the sin you did, bro. Can you imagine your friend coming up to you and telling you that? This this uh this come up and repent of the sin? And Job was like, sin, like, dude, I really didn't think I did anything wrong. Like, I know we all sin, but golly, I mean I mean, to this point of leprosy? So they were So they were cast out spiritually as well. So physical, emotional, and spiritual, just desolation, seclusion. Now what I just did was give you guys a lot of facts and information about a terrible nasty disease. And For you type A people who are taking notes, you're loving it. You're like, okay, eyes falling out, good. You know, like, you got that. But what I want to do, I want to make this into a 4D story for us. I want to make this real. I want to take all of us here and put us into the story of the leper. In fact, I want you guys to play the character of the leper. And I will too. I want us to feel what it's like, to imagine what it's like to be a leper. And just think about that day when, when he met Jesus. And think about that being you, when you met Jesus. Earlier that day, let's just say that, that you're the leper and you're limping along, going down a dusty road. And you can imagine the time back in Judea and, and, and Galilee by the sea. The sun would, was terribly hot by the ocean, by the Sea of Galilee. The, the winds were coming in. There was a lot of uh, heat getting risen up off the ground. There was dirt and dust you can imagine the scene you could barely open your eyes or eye whatever you had left because it was so bright outside and it was so hot and the wind's blowing and sand's getting onto you and you feel every grain it's just terrible because your skin's porous and open and you smell like death and you reek of just a stench of terrible nastiness and you're walking along this road, going out to the, the town. You're going to go head off to where you're going, and you see a family coming out. They just left Galilee. They're going back to their hometown. They came to get some supplies. And it's a mom, a dad, and two kids. And as they're walking up, you're like, oh, I see, you know. And you get to start screaming out, unclean, unclean, to get their attention. And the family's walking up and they start shielding their kids. They pull their kids away from you. They chill their eyes so they don't look upon your dirtiness and your nastiness. The mom gags as if she's going to vomit. And she kind of puts her her veil over her face to cover up and, and, and look away from you. The dad looks at you and just shakes his head in utter disgust at your sinfulness. Because he believes that you're like that because of your sin. And all these thoughts start going through your mind. You're thinking, what did this guy do? Did he rape someone? Did this guy have an affair with someone? Did this woman have an affair? Was she a prostitute? Is that why she's a leper now? In some weird twist of faith, her beauty now became ugliness. And and they're looking at you and they're judging you. Put yourself in that situation. How many of you guys have already been in that situation? And you're walking and they're looking at you and they're judging you. And then you, you, you pass them up, and that was awkward, and then you go and you find a tree, right? Because lepers go, they would always by the forest, and lepers would stay under trees. And it wasn't just because of the shade. It was because when the leper go into this tree, he was in the shadows. And if you're a leper, you don't want to be around people. You want to be in darkness. You want to be away from everyone. Because after a while, after you've been rejected by people, you tend to hate people. How I many of you guys have known someone like that where they've been rejected, if it been pushed away by society so much that so they start to hate people. It's like, I hate Christians because all they do is talk about me. I hate the church because all they do is talk about me. That dude is such a hypocrite. I hate what he says because everything he says is wrong. I'll never go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites in there. Well, yeah, well, you know what? We need one more. Come on. And so you find a tree as the leper and you go into the shadows to be hidden from the the world around you. And you're inside this tree and you just find some rest. And maybe you're the leper and you're thinking, this is it. My digits are falling off. My fingers are gone. I can barely walk. I'm covered in fecal matter. And I'm about to die. And you're there. And then all of a sudden, out of Galilee... You see this crowd coming. If you remember, Jesus was spending some time in Galilee and going around, and, and, and he was preaching and casting out demons throughout all these towns, and now he's got this crowd following him around. And you look up, and you see this, this crowd coming towards you. And you're thinking, oh, crap, man, I just want to die. Like, now all this crowd's coming over here. i got to yell out, unclean. And this crowd starts coming towards you. And as they're coming towards you, you're like, oh, I gotta get up, I gotta move now. Cause if, if I'm next to people and if they touch me, they're around me, then they're considering clean. I don't want to mess up their lives too. And here comes Jesus, and here comes the crowd, they're coming over, right? And you're like, Man, what are they saying? They're saying something. You guys, they're saying something, and the crowd's singing out words like Messiah. And they're singing out stuff like Hosanna. Right? And Jesus is walking around, and they're like, man, those guys are crazy. That guy is just some bearded-looking dude. He can't be the Messiah. I I know my Old Testament as a leper pretty darn well, especially Leviticus. I know that guy is not the Messiah. But then they say something else. You hear them say something like this. They say, Jehovah Rapha. And you're like, what? Whoa, did they just say Jehovah Rapha? Jehovah Rapha? What is that? As a Hebrew, you would know that that means God who heals. And so now you're thinking like, whoa, what is this? And you have these two emotions going on as a leper. One, you hate Jesus because Jesus is getting everything that you are not. Jesus is getting loved. Jesus is getting affection. Jesus is getting attention. He's getting praised. If people want to be around Jesus, people aren't hiding their kids from Jesus. They're like throwing their kids at Jesus. They're like, here, go touch, go touch Jesus for a while. You know, like, go be around Jesus. Total polar opposite. As a leper, you start to hate that because you're jealous and, you, and you, you, you covet things. like We do. How many people hate someone for what they have? Be honest. You know, it is. And But you also have this other side of the coin where you have hope. Because you're like, oh my gosh, if this guy is true, if this guy really is Jehovah Rapha, and he is the God who heals, then maybe, maybe there's hope for me. And maybe I don't have to die under this tree in the shadows, and no one's going to remember me. And they come look for my body, and they're like, well, we find out who he is, but he has no dental records because there is no teeth here because they all fell out. You know, you would have hope. And look what the leper does. If you're the leper in this story, what would you do? Would you sit back in that tree and hide away from God, hide away from from Jesus? Or would you get up and do something like what the leper did? Let's read on to what the leper did. The uh, the leper literally got up and ran towards Jesus. He says that um, he says that he ran towards Jesus, and the leper looked straight at Jesus, and he said this. He said, uh, um, "If you will, can you make me clean? If you will." Can you make me clean and moved with pity? He stretched out his hand, touched him, and he said, I will be clean. It was one thing I was kind of freaking out about and looking at last night at like two thirty in the morning I was reading this, was that he never asked to be healed. Like the leper never asked to be healed. He didn't say, Jesus, yo, JC, listen, my eyeball fall out. I've been carrying it in my pocket for a while. You think you can kind of, you know, pop it back in, make it work out better. Uh, My hand is withered. My fingers are gone. Can you fix it? Can you heal me, Jesus? Because there's a big, major difference between healing and cleansing. Major difference between healing and cleansing. Jesus cleansed him. He didn't heal him. Now, more likely the leper was physically healed as well, but he didn't ask to be physically healed. He was asked to be cleansed. Jesus' response to a hurting heart that is begging for him is immediate cleansing. Let me put that in perspective for you. The leper didn't walk up to Jesus and say, hey, man, can you help me out? This is that kneeling on his knees, that's important. Kneeling on his knees, he begged Jesus for a cleansing. When you kneel on your knees to anyone, that is full submission to them. When was the last time you got on your knees for anyone of your boss? <laughs> well, that's not a good joke. <laughs> this is Impact City. <laughs> the leper, get serious. The leper, bunch of rednecks, the leper gave him everything surrendered his everything he said i surrendered to you totally can you make me clean and jesus said yes we need to realize something that when we go to jesus we need to surrender everything to him in a week or two we're going to have baptisms it's going to be a a sign of people saying i deliver myself and surrender everything to jesus so we'll have baptisms probably outside here from the, the front. And that's what the leper is doing. He's surrendering everything to Jesus. But listen, the story isn't there yet. I mean, that would be awesome. You know, I beg, I get healed, I'm good. The story goes on. Uh, it says that, and Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that nothing is said to anyone, but go show yourselves to the priest and offer yourselves a cleansing to Moses To what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Okay? So the leper gets cleansed. He gets healed. And Jesus says, now go tell the priest and show to him that you're healed. Back in Leviticus, there was a long drawn-out process. That if a leper wanted to be cleansed and seen in the community as clean, he had to go to a priest. And there was a long process of sanctification to be known as being clean. I don't have time to get into it. It was crazy. There was something about two doves, uh, two white doves. One dove was sacrificed, and its blood was poured out on the other dove, and then that dove was set free. Was that symbolic on the nose? Is it coincidence? Mess, maybe? You know? But that was something that they had to do. They had to go to the priest. Why would Jesus send the leper to the priest if he was already cleansed? He sent him on mission. He sent him to share his testimony. He said, look, I cleansed you, bro. I cleansed you. Now it's time for you to go and tell your testimony to the priest and do it in the way that he understands. Do it in the way that he knows. Let him prove your cleansingness through his his religion and he will see it through you. That's what he did. Can you imagine the priest sitting there? He's like, okay. And the leper's like, yeah, um, I'm here to get uh, cleansed. I've already been cleansed. But it's time for you to like kind of like show, like, I want you to say officially I'm cleansed. And the priest is like, well, okay, let me look at all this. And he's like, wow, you know what? I just realized this hasn't happened in like 1,500 years, man. Like, that was the first cleansing of a leper right here in Mark. Jesus cleansed the leper right there in the first time in 1,500 years since the law was even established. So the priests that even, that that they knew the law, they never really took it seriously because it never happened. But here in front of them is a miracle. Now the priests are starting to rethink Jesus. You see how that worked there? Your life and the transformation of your life will speak louder than any sermon I ever can, can do. So go tell people your story. Go tell people what you have been through. Go tell the world, be on mission for what God has called you to do. Tell the world, tell people around you, don't be shy about what God has done for you. If you were the leper, and we all were. Listen, we were all lepers at one time. We've all been covered with sin. We've all had dirtiness upon stuff that we were shameful of. We've all been judged by people because of our wickedness, our sinfulness. I mean, I mean, just in just Impact City alone. I mean, we've had um, homosexual couples. We've had uh, strippers coming to Jesus. We've had drug dealers, drug users. We've had cops (laughs) mixed in with all that. We've had uh, the old-filled trash, and we've had the, the, the typical type of people. We've had such a mixture. But you know what the one thing we all have in common here, guys? We've had the, the, the depressed, the, 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 the solace. We've had the, the, the drawn-away people here. You know what we've had all in common here, guys? We've had the teenage moms. We've had the, 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 the divorced. We've had the adulterers. We have all of that in here. You know what that means, though? It means we have a really awesome, beautiful mess of a story to share. If you think you're too jacked up for Impact City, you're 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 wrong. This is a church where you can come to, and as a leper, not be looked down upon. You can be fully embraced by Jesus. There was one thing before I closed that I want. I noticed last night was that the Bible says that Jesus reached out his arm and touched him, and many of us think that that we might see Jesus kind of like, uh, you know, like you know putting his arm out like that, but Jesus never touched anyone like that. You know how Jesus touched? Like, man, like awesome bromance manhug, like two arms around him. That's how Jesus sees you, in your wickedness, in your dirtiness, in your sinfulness. He doesn't just Give you enough to get by. He gives you more than enough of him for you. He surrounds you with his love. He surrounds you with his grace. He surrounds you with his hope and everything. He surrounds you with all of that. He embraces you. He embraces your wickedness, your dirtiness, your nastiness. And through that, when when he pulls away, you are clean. That is the gospel. That is why Jesus Christ is the hero of every story. Because through our ugliness and wickedness, he still embraces us. And if we can be honest here today, there is a few lepers in this room still that we need to feel that embrace again. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your embrace. I thank you so much for your touch, and I thank you so much for what you have for us. God, that you have sent your son to die on the cross at Calvary for us so that we can have a way to have a relationship with you. God, even though we are prone to wander from you, even though we are, we are just, just, you know, in our nature, apt to just leave you, you still come for us. That you pursue us. That you love us. That you, that you, you come to rescue us. And I pray, God, that we will just know your love That we would know that you're the one we need to run to instead of running to the shadows of the dark to be alone and desolate. That when we're feeling depressed and tired and lonely and just away from people, don't want to be around people, that we run to you instead of into your arms, which is the church, instead of alone in the darkness and the shadows. That we may come to terms with the fact that we were all lepers at one time, covered in dirtiness and sinfulness. But yet you came and you embraced us upon total surrender of our lives. And I want to just pray that today, if there is anyone here today who has never totally surrendered their life to Jesus, and if you're holding back anything, pride, uh, any type of um, desires, uh, sinful desires, lustful desires, whatever is in your heart, may you just let go of that, may you just stop being a prideful person, may you just let go of yourself, totally surrender to Jesus so he can make you clean. Pray if you make that choice today, if you say, "God, I just want to make that choice today," that you would just understand that is the first step in the long, uh, awesome life that is ahead of you. That you let one of us know, will you mark it on the connection card. Did you just come tell one of us today before you leave here today, so that we may pray with you more and give you the next steps. God, we love you. We honor you, though we are prone to wander. May we take our heart and seal it, God, for your courts above.